Welcome to episode 31 of Podcast X. My name is Ben Kendrick, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Keys. Hey, I'm here on my seventh coffee, question mark? No oh, wine tonight, God. just just coffee. <laughs> Gotta <Jesus>. keep going. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And special guest Kofi Outlaws here. What's up? We are going to keep it nice and tight today. Um, so we're basically just going to do Almost. kind of a quick review. Yeah, yeah. we're just going yeah. to do just a quick review of John Wick 4, talk a little bit about like what we're hoping to see in the future of the franchise and, and stuff like that. But uh, we're going to be in, we're going to be out today. We just wanted to, we all got busy weeks. It's been kind of Still a emotionally draining. <laughs> it's been kind of an emotionally draining day. And, uh, and so we're just, you know, we want to get this podcast done, get to uh, get to talk about this movie because we all, you know, we all got a chance to see it and really enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, this is gonna be a little bit, a little bit short. Well, spoilers! Now the, now you just made it real uh, short. You just told them everything I, that we just were I guess, gonna say about well, it. I guess I don't actually I mean, know what. Yeah, I guess I don't actually know what you think of it. I've seen Rob Keys like tweeting his memes. praise of the movie all over the place. Yeah, so um, I know how I know how he feels. Just why memes. don't you just uh, <laughs> why don't you just kick us off, Kofi? Because I actually don't. I haven't talked to you about it. I don't know how you feel. Um, if you guys watch me on the hopefully award-winning comic book nation, I do a full review and a full uh, video on our YouTube page about where the franchise is going. So really this is my unpaid version of that, but it's also uh, explicit. So there's a good trade off to this. So uh, <laughs> I thought John Wick four was fucking awesome, I guess yeah. given the premium right up front, but it was, it was awesome. I mean, Chad Stahelski and uh, Keanu Reeves are just, they're just perfecting this craft somehow like over, you think they would get more exhausted, but somehow they keep perfecting it and just keep, just coming up with crazy ass shit for us to watch and enjoy like old school, just good stunt action performance. And there are elements that are, even when they settle into being just John wick at formulaic elements to this are still so enjoyable. Like, you know, you're going to have a brief moment of kind of conversation and then there's going to be like another crazy action set piece. And it's like, even so that's still really enjoyable and awesome. Um, new characters that come into this one are pretty cool and kind of keep it. I love the whole Japan setting for a good portion of this, like the whole Japanese culture stuff kind of really does fit right at home with John wick in some ways that it's weird that it's taken this long <laughs> to get there almost in some kind of ways. Um, but uh, yeah, now uh, that said, I think there are some sequences while this is a really good one. I think there are some sequences in John wick two that I really like. And I know that overall that sequence by sequence by sequence, cause I went over this in my head Parabellum, I think is still my favorite <clears throat> for come for just like some of the crazy sequences they have in that movie. And just the kind of the novelty, like the knife throwing sequence yeah, that knife, and yeah. uh, Halle Berry and her dog and her dogs and all that shit. Like, I love that. So in the Continental Battle, like it was a classic. So, I mean, yeah. overall, I still like Parabellum kind of like as my favorite. But uh, this, I mean, like like I said on my other show, like we're talking about me now arguing like the best of the action best and being like, well, this is the best of the best of the best of the best of the action best. And like, yeah, yeah we're just getting silly <laughs> at this point. I mean, it is John Wick above like every other action franchise of the last pretty much 20 years. Right. Um, in yeah. terms of just vi I mean, even if you want to argue things like the raid redemption, like that, that got two movies and then that fizzled out. This is we're four movies and this is only getting stronger. And yeah. this one blows up the entire universe for some, 
we're now ready for like a real universe complete like with a post credit scene. So like, you know, we're, we're ready to go full John Wick and, and I'm all for it because everything and we're going to talk everything that comes next. Like I, I'm all about it. So yeah, I mean, this is, can be a short one because it's easy. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I guess we'll be, you know, we're, we'll say we're going to be talking spoilers here for anybody who hasn't seen the film. We always do that here, but because we're moving sort of fast and furious today, I want to, uh, I want to sort of call that out because I'm sure Rob is going to talk about some scenes that he liked here that I saw him tweeting about. So, um, yeah, why don't you take it away, Rob? Yeah. So, um, I think I agree with Kofi when it comes to the action pieces. My problem with the John Wick series up until now is that it was sort of following the trajectory of the matrix for me where each movie just wasn't quite as good as the prior one. And I think what John Wick lost, and this is what I hear the director and Keanu say all the time about it, is that it lost its sort of core character motivation and like the stories of those other characters. And the first one, I, I it's one of my favorite movies of all time because you're, you're thrown to this world that already existed. It's all in the background and this character's done his life and he's pulled back in. I love that story. And you're so connected with the, the gimmick of the puppy, right? And, and, and post wife's death. And it's, it's such a driving force, that revenge story coupled with that amazing lore. And the sequels didn't have that, especially the second one. I hated the villains in the second one. And the third one, I don't even remember. Like they went, I thought they went too far with the high table stuff. I just wasn't in it. This one, they added a lot of screen time and it became like kind of like five short films that are all character driven. Um, and I love that. And they bring in, like you're not dealing with like the like the common and Ruby Rose of the second one who had like questionable action scenes. You're dealing with Donnie fucking Yen or Hiroyuki Sonata, who was like funny enough to bring it full circle when he appeared in the Wolverine, David Leach, who helped craft and directed the first John Wick with Chad, said he was like by far the greatest swordsman he's ever seen. It better than all the stunt people and everything. And he's like just one of the characters they brought into this thing. And then also Scott Adkins, who bringing it way back. If you guys, when we did the Scream Man Underground podcast, that's all I talked about was Scott Adkins yeah. all the time. Back when he was playing double the Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool and stuff. Um, and now all those guys get time to shine in this. But uh, look, like Ben, you kind of prefaced this last week by saying, this is a long movie. It's like Avatar 2. It's like almost, you know, almost three hours. But it's so worth it and it packs so much content uh, in terms of these like industry best and like next gen action set pieces. They're massive. They're gorgeously lit and shot. They involve more moving pieces and more complexity than anything you've seen in any other John Wick and probably any other franchise there is outside of maybe Top Gun Maverick and some of the Mission Impossible stuff. Um, but just look at every shot. Look at the background, how the dynamic elements move or the amount of people or vehicles in some cases they're throwing into this. Um, I also love from a lore standpoint, it embraces and follows the rules that are previously established. So uh, Kofi mentioned the armored guys in the Continental in John Wick 3. And now you see like all these elites fighting in this film and they're all like holding the collars of their tailored suits, their Kevlar suits up to block like headshots in the middle of fights. And you just accept it because that's the lore, right? And I, I love how those little details kind of carry through and they don't waste time reintroducing these bits to the audience you know there's going to be a club fight you know someone's going to have a dog and the dog is going to change someone's motivation some way through the movie like it always does so they kind of kept that through and through while doing something new and different and it, it for all the familiarity we have with the gun fu stuff they still find new ways to incorporate new weapons whether he's throwing an axe or doing yeah. something with a car oh and- yeah 
I just want to talk about one thing. Yeah, that, yeah. I'm sorry. You go ahead, but finish. Yeah, sorry. You just sparked something. I no, no, say, say it because I don't want to lose train. The, the, there's that train after. So go ahead. Uh, you know, it's uh, that this. I I said Parabellum and I said all the extra set pieces, but I'm I'm kind of contradicting myself because there was one thing that I've spazzed out more about in this movie than originally seeing the gung fu concept in the original movie, which is if you guys are gamers, they do a fucking entire sequence in this like Smash TV. Which yeah. blew my fucking mind because that was like one of my favorite games. And I was like, are you serious? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's like a whole sequence where there's an aerial drone. It's almost like an aerial drone shot. Like it's a fight in a house, but it's from overhead. And it's yeah. all overhead, like following scrolling shooter style, which games like Smash TV, if you ever play that arcade game, are that's how they used yeah. to be, right? And yeah, that shit is fucking amazing with these specialized guns with these flame rounds. And it is fucking one of the most amazingly beautiful things I think I've ever seen in terms of violence. It's yeah. it's wonderful. So I talk about the short films within larger film. What you're describing is one of two kind of like video game-esque sequences, which are already the greatest video game movies ever made. Um, it's like Smash TV for sure. I, I thought of Hotline Miami, this top-down, bust a door open, blast people away sort of thing. And like you said, he's using like Dragon's Breath shotgun rounds and this gigantic like semi-auto shotgun. It's like the craziest shit you've ever seen in Call of Duty. But also in the middle of that, switching to his sidearm and taking guys out. And then there's another character involved who's like kind of helping him but also fighting him. It's just – there's just – and it's, it looks like one giant long take. The amount of effort into that one sequence, which is maybe like 10, 15 minutes if you include the lead up, is like a full other two productions of another rival company, right? And they're doing that from like from, from city and lo- international location to another international locations. We can talk about the car sequence all day, which I, I, I don't understand how they fucking did that. Keanu Reeves oh, drifted. For real, in a car missing a door, it picked up a gun while doing that, and they shot it at an airport, and they digitally added it to Paris because they shot it all during lockdown and stuff. But still, it's one of the most insane car sequences I've ever seen. They didn't need to do that. They didn't have to have 30 other car drivers also driving around him in the middle of a fight as well. It's just mind-blowing stuff, and they keep upping that. I This feels like it took them eight years to make, um, but somehow they did it. Um, look – this movie is an absolute must-see. Ben, you said it the best last week and the biggest, best sound, best screen you can see it. You have to fucking see this movie. If you have access to a theater and can go to theater, like if you love movies, you have to see fucking John Wick 4. Um, I love John Wick 1 so much for different reasons. This one is like one of the greatest action things I've ever seen. I can't think of anything better or more exciting. And something – we talked about last year's best movies. And for me, I listed three theatrical experiences, right? It was Avatar 2, Top Gun Maverick, and everything everywhere all at once. This is already that for me this year. Um I don't know how you beat it, um, but the I do. Raid, yeah, the raid redemption still the raid remains is the awesome. best, the uh, best, but still the base because I saw that. Well, let's just this is the fun part of this show because we could talk like inside baseball history. So I saw that when Sony was trying to had failed to get that off the ground first, had Mike Shinoda or whatever, and then fucking people come in and do the soundtrack over yeah. again. Then they tried to relaunch it and they invited a bunch of us up to that thing had like a nice luncheon and then we're like, sit down and watch this movie. And everybody was like, what the fuck is this going to be? And had no idea. And we went to the Sony screening room and that remains to this day, the greatest action movie experience I've, I've ever had. Like, I was just like, holy fucking shit. This movie's insane. And like what the, in Indonesia, they didn't give a crap because it's like John Wick is <laughs> without the laws that we have to obey. Yeah. Um, and so like, yeah. And so that still remains the best, but this this and the first John Wick are really up there as a close second. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Look, I feel like I can gush about this all day, but I, I want to say just two gripes before I pass it off to Ben. But um, I wish at the beginning of this film that the elder he killed in, in the desert, we met him in John Wick 3, um, mattered more. I felt like when Wick took him out, it just felt like this high table elite leader, it felt so inconsequential to everything else, given where the previous two movies ended. Like we know he's on the run. We know he's trying to end it. Like that character seems so meaningless. Um, so other than getting a cool shot in the desert and the horse sequence, there wasn't really much to that. And they kind of skip, they don't waste time either between transitions. It's just like a scene ends and boom, you're in the next city. doesn't matter how they got there or how they got their guns when they're there. They're just there. And Donnie Yen's probably going to be there too. Um, they don't, again, they're not wasting audience time in a movie that's you know already three hours. Um, the other thing that kind of bothered me um, is the lack of fear for John Wick. Everybody in the world wants to go up against this guy. And nobody's scared of him anymore, except maybe the marquee, the main villain, um, which is weird to me because given what the the odds increasing against them from movie to movie to movie, I feel like imagine watching like the Terminator and everyone in the police station is hyped to fight Arnold. It just doesn't. It's like at some point there's got to be more people turning away being like, fuck no, versus being just hyped up to battle this guy and get owned. Um that's my only kind of thing. I they, they lost that part of it where it feels like you're fighting an actual Terminator unit, and he's probably going to kill you every single time. I wish there was some that's, more fear. That's what I loved about the uh, Iron Chef and the uh, Raid guys and and Parabellum. The third one, hundred percent, because they were just all like, "It's an odd." They were like, "That was." They were like so demented. They were like, "It's such an odd." Yeah, let him get back you. up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's more about the lore I want to say, but Ben, I want to hear your thoughts first. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I kind of alluded to a lot of, you know, a few things that I sort of felt about the movie last week, I think. But, but yeah, I mean, I sort of went into this excited for another John Wick, but having not really remembered what happened in John Wick 3, and knowing that I would enjoy it, but kind of, I just, I don't feel like I was all that excited for it. Like, I don't want to make it sound like I, you know, I doubted it or anything, but it's just, I don't know, you know, it's kind of like John Wick in some cases has been a little bit just sort of more John wick. So it's sort of like the second one. I enjoyed it because I liked the first one and I liked the action, the second one and the third one. I liked it because I liked the first one and the second one. And there's some great action in the third one. This one, I kind of went in thinking I would sort of feel the same way, but I just, I don't know. I love this one more than probably almost any of them with maybe the exception of one, just because one, you know, the puppy, like the idea of a guy who like, you know, just goes and murders a bunch of people because they killed his dog, I think is still just such a great setup for a movie and just such a simple and fun premise as a reason why someone would just go on a murderous rampage and kill a bunch of bad guys. But I found myself in this one. It really just, says how psychotic we all are as human beings. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> because it's, it's true. such the most, one because it's the most easily from... acceptable like premise yeah. for people to be like, oh, yeah, 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 murder everybody. It's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's okay. Really, it's totally true. Yeah, it's totally true. The like, and that's kind of why I, with this one, like, I kind of just thought I would, I would feel like, well, it's more, and I'll, I'll like it. But I think this one, the thing that it did, that impressed me more than maybe the last couple of them, at least. And I, you know, I don't want to take away anything away from like Halle Berry, especially in the last one, because I know she was she was a fan favorite, and I, I really dug her in that as well. Is it really does successfully, I think, introduce a lot of characters that I would like to see again. Um, and who I think could actually kind of carry the franchise in some yeah, cases. Ding, ding, so, ding. Yeah, that's where that's I was it. going next. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I was going to say. Weirdly, I think what this movie does subtly and very subtly, because they give John Wick like heavy things to think about, to think, you know, like what does he want to do, his life, all that. 
But this is really like a backdoor pilot for the franchise expansion. Yeah, for sure. And what it does is is it quietly like pulls John Wick back out of the fr- out of the spotlight and gives a lot of heavy scenes to these other characters. Yeah, there's a lot of scenes of Hinata like talking to his daughter and like or other people like having conversations, and it's good because we need that. But it's also good because what it is a trick is played is what I think you guys were hinting at about what you got tired about in these sequels as compared to the first one, which is the first one was just as you could understand this guy a few words. He didn't need to say shit. He you understood where he was coming from. There was a lot of great just symbolism with him looking at the dog, looking at a picture of his wife, a flashback here. and, And that's all you needed. It get weirder in the two in the next two because they tried to add so much depth to like relationships and like wince and all that stuff but with a guy who like still barely says a word right yeah um and and so it just got to get weird because it's like you, you when trying to develop john wick it's one of those characters like it's not like john mcclain who can you can keep putting through shit and adding a kid here and a kid there and yeah. being like yeah this guy's got a more complex life it's just like if you pull too hard at who the John Wick character is and, and try to pull at the image of baba yaga and humanize him and shit this falls apart quickly Like you just, you kind of got to find a way around that. And in this movie, they found a way around that. Whereas the other, before they were like trying to go deeper, like you said, and it was just like kind of working out, but not, but like really John Wick kind of Forrest Gumped its way into being the action (laughs) movie of the, of the YouTube generation, because it's an action movie where that can exist in clips, right? Like you can rewatch this movie in any, you could just take a fucking bunch of John Wick clips, cut them up and throw them in a pile and be like, okay, guess which one this is from. And be like, you know, people would be like, uh, but they still love every single one of those sequences. Right. Um, and so like, yeah, man, I think this one, like you said, I think you hit it right on the head. Like it just pulls back, introduces characters and gets actors and martial arts actors who are fucking top notch. Even when you put Scott Atkins and he's just like, yeah, I could do it, but give me the fat suit. Like I want to do something. (laughs) It's just like, yeah. And great scene. That's it. It's like you get, you get a bunch of characters that I enjoyed watching. Not like, it's hard to say like more than John wick, just because they give John wick some of the coolest stuff to do. But I mean, watching like Mr. Well, Nobody, let's be honest, this guy has like 20 lines of dialogue. Keanu has like yeah, 20 lines nothing. of dialogue in this entire <laughs> it's movie. Like three words. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But like Mr. Nobody's great. And then, you know, Kane is great. And then, you know, the daughter character, I forget, Akira. Akira like yeah. she's great. Like all these, and then, Scott, you know, Scott Atkins, like, I mean, he gets murked, but he's, you know, he's great. <laughs> it's like all those, I think it, it successfully brings in these characters in sort of a wacky and fun way. Set some of them up for, you know, franchise spinoffs, if that's going to be the case. Or if we never see them again, they're still awesome in this movie and get kind of like unique fighting styles and kind of unique attitudes and unique stories to kind of move through the through the thing. And then all of the set pieces, again, are super innovative. And I'd argue that while I am also a huge fan of the knife, the knife room fight and, you know, there's some classic John Wick action set pieces I love. I don't know that there's anything I've laughed as outrageously at as that, like the Paris circle with the cars where people are getting hit by cars and he's like shooting them in midair. And then (laughs) you have the thing with the steps where they go up the steps and he gets kicked down those steps two or three times. And then Kane helps him fight his way up it only to like duel at the top together. Like some of that stuff. And that you guys mentioned the top down hotel thing. That's like straight out of like hotline Miami and, and some of those, you know, like games that like Kofi was referring to. 
I like, I don't know. It just seemed like this time they just were, they were having fun with it more than just, you know, these are cool action sequences. Like, I feel like they were, they did some things here that it's like, it's weird to talk about it. It's like what you were saying, Kofi, it's like the best of the best of the best of the best, because none of that other stuff was, was not great. It was all great. But this time I feel like there's like an innovation and kind of a playfulness that just in the complete inception of the actual, of the actual set pieces, like it's not just like, let's put him in a room with a bunch of knives and that'll be really fun. Cause that's kind of what the beginning of the movie is with a lot of the like Japan stuff. Um, I think like, it's kind of like, well, what if he was having a sort of sword fight his way and gun fu his way through these, you know, these people in, you know, in a room full of like samurai armor and stuff. But like when you get to that top down sequence and you realize, Oh, this entire set piece is going to be, like a top-down shooter. And every time the dragon's breath thing goes off and he fries somebody, it's just like, it's so fun and so outrageous and so creative. And I've seen this kind of stuff done so badly in other places too. That's, I think, the other thing is like, you see people conceive of action sequences and like, we're going to do a top-down action set piece and it's going to be one take. And it's like, I don't know that anybody could pull it off as well as as they did here because it's just solid all around. I'm going to add a piece to this because there's something that needs to be acknowledged. I think setting up everything you just said, one of the greatest filmmaker decisions in the history of Hollywood happened to make everything you just described happen. And that was Chad saying no to Lionsgate when they offered him the chance and budget to do four and five back to back. That was the plan. Two movies. So we asked him about that, and he says he didn't want to turn it into some clickbait headline, but it was simple as this. It was all up to him to turn it down um, because he had been part of back-to-back productions in the past, probably Matrix 2 and 3. And he creatively just doesn't know how to do that because what happens, obviously, and we've seen this, and the three of us have talked about this many times with many franchises, is if you do 4 and 5, 5 becomes 4B. Right? Yeah. It's yeah, it's yeah. same camera, same colors, same action, same style and choreography, same storylines. That's what he said. So he turned that down. Um yet they were still bold enough to do an ending that they did. Uh and he talks about that too. Like that was the biggest, obviously toughest nut to crack, right? Um same with the post credit scene we can talk about later. But it, it wasn't about like do you kill off your lead or do you not kill off your lead? He said that wasn't the point. Uh, when we spoke to him, we Lionsgate was super fucking cool about this movie. You can tell they were confident because they went all around the world like crazy showing this everywhere as much as they could. They did all sorts of fan screenings. Like we did the full junket and then talked to everyone again so we can talk spoilers, plus all the behind the scenes crew, the producers, the stunt guys, production guys, everyone. Uh, so Chad was super cool about that. But he says that's not the point. The whole point of that ending is that John made a choice to do something you know bigger than himself, right? To save someone else. That was, you know, to save someone that's not even in this movie, really, when you think of Donnie Yen's daughter, right? Um, yeah. And that was kind of the interesting thing there. But how cool is that, that they took that bold choice and said no to John Wick 5? Isn't that crazy? Like, to make... Yeah. To, and, and part of the reason, too, is that he wants those two years off in between the films so he can travel, read, learn, innovate, plan. And you can see that in, like, the, the, the visual tone. There's a lot of, like, sunset shots, and it's very different, the visuals. Of course, they have those, like, colored key lighting and all, like, the crazy action set pieces and the club scenes, but visually, it's it's still quite a bit different. There's a lot of crazier, longer one-shots in this film than you did not see in the other three. So, uh, and Kofi said this, too, like, they evolved so much and packed so much into every single sequence. So, um, that is such an amazing thing to see in this day and age, right, in Hollywood, so... Wow. Yeah. I can't get over that. Yeah, very cool. 
Um, yeah, I think I'm, I am kind of curious, like, okay. So just, uh, fa- I'm curious, favorite moments. Like, what did you guys like? I mean, we, you know, we, uh, like we've talked a lot about just kind of like our general impressions of the movie, but like favorite moments in the movie, like what stood out to you the most? Because I feel like this is a, a movie full of yeah. just cool moments. So I, I kind of want to geek out on that for a minute. I mean, we, we uh, think we spoke a lot about the two, the, the top down set piece in the car scene for sure. I, I love how they handle the, the, the new supporting characters, how like they always seem to have a fierce loyalty to Wick. And you see yeah. that in Japan when you meet Sonata's character and he's like, he's my friend. I, he's my brother. Like this is, I'm throwing this whole building and everything away because he's John Wick. And it's like, that's, we've never even met this character before. You're like, holy God, there's so much there because the acting and setup is so good. And the relationship between him and his daughter is so good. Like the way they can just deliver that over and over again. And of course they do it again with Donnie Yen, who's like kind of an antagonist and kind of not. So like that kind of stuff, like the character stuff, like is so impressive in a movie that's otherwise just the most insane high death count set of action you've ever seen. Right. So I love those little character bits. I mean, I thought Akira, like, really, really, I thought Rob was going to pick the part with Akira in the Osaka Continental because she showed a whole bunch of people that why Hawkeye could fuck shit up. Hells yeah, bow and arrow. (laughs) Yeah, she started using that bow to whip ass. I was like, oh, no more arrows? And she was pulling arrows out and fucking shooting guys again. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was was punishing. Those freaking, like, you know, they're getting away with, like, their gun foo shit where they're, like, holding up their, like, you know, they're like shirts and stuff that are like Kevlar shirts and everything. And then she just like impales those fuckers with those like massive <laughs> arrows that she's shooting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. No, um, I think the, I think our whole theater reacted when, because I went to like a, an actual screening like Thursday night and right. the whole theater definitely reacted when they, when homie got knocked in the air by the car and shot in the head while yeah. up there. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was like, that was the moment. There's like one in every John Wick movie, but that was the moment where everybody was like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, and then he like fucking just like, lands. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or he gets hit by another car, I think. I don't know. It's yeah. fucking nuts. So that, that was, was that was pretty that was pretty. I think nuts. that was the loudest the loudest like cheer in my film as well um, or in my screening as well. Uh, yeah, that was also, definitely up there. Oh, that was a fail thing. Well, Scott Atkins fucking hit also. That was another one where everybody was like, God damn. When he yeah. fucking goes like, takes the plunge down head first and just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. The kingpin like fighting style that Scott Atkins was rocking in this movie was. Uh, he still does one of his tornado kicks with the fast yeah. suit on. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah. That, that was kind of funny because they sort of built that killer character up to be, you know, you sort of think he's like he's getting shot in the ass by John Wick and kind of <laughs> running away. But when he actually like turns around and then like starts fighting legit with Wick, like I thought that was kind of a fun surprise because, I mean, you've seen characters like that before where it's like, you know, it's winking at the camera. It's this big crime boss, but he's like not actually that tough. He's just like you know, kind of crazy and and sort of a shit talker and everything. And with him sort of like wiggling his way out of that room when he's like running off, I think it sets up that, that sort of impression. And then when he turns around, he just fucking roundhouses like John Wick straight into a pole and is like choking him to death and everything. You know, it's, it hits different. I think it hits harder because of (laughs) the way they sort of set it up. But yeah, that was one of the worst moments I've ever seen. 
like squirm inducing with the whole where a tracker gets stabbed through the Ooh, hand. It's like, are yeah. you selfish? Or are you oh, dedicated? God, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I didn't watch I it. Like I had that. to close my eyes for that Same. one. I was like, yeah. oh. that, was, that was rough. Yeah. I was like, that was, that was fuck, rough, man. Yeah. We didn't really yeah. talk about Bill Skarsgård in this yet, but I mean, oh, he's he was doing really like a, yeah, he was doing a, like he was doing his best, you know, Heath Ledger Joker thing kind of. And I, I think it sort of worked like just this sort of intimidating, weird, but also, kind of like like weaselly guy like you know when it comes down to some of this shit where you know he's gonna have to take on wick like you're sort of waiting to see how he's gonna try and like wiggle his way out of that and that's when he gets you know kind of Kane involved um in the latter part of the movie but it it was smart to have the uh the harbinger character clancy brown with him because he needed like some kind of foil to talk down to him like the enforcer of the rules to kind of keep it above board i like that dynamic was kind of neat but uh very well dressed, Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, his rock. Yeah, he was. Good. Yeah, he was. I mean, he. You know, and I'm. I'm not saying he's like doing an, a, a you know a ledger impression or something. It's just, it's that same kind of menacing but like kind of weird energy that he's rocking. Yeah. And, and he's, but he's. I mean, he's legitimately good, and I think he he achieves the thing of you just being like, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> and well, he's just like. He does like a psycho aristocrat good, which is yeah, yeah. much better than the guy who in two who like oh, oh I hated that guy. Was, yeah. 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 And he was just like such a forgettable bad character, actor, villain. Like and it was yeah. just he it, it made the high table it that kind of like was a misstep for me because it made the high table shit so uninteresting. Yeah. Like if it was more like this guy, like I would have been like, Oh shit, I want to see more of these high table. Well, I want to see like the whole high table of psycho, like if they're all fucking nuts, you know. That's it. Yeah. So the, if you remember that guy's intro, he comes up to Wick and says, you owe me. And then he blows up Wick's house with a grenade launcher. I'm like, what? Like, what a goofy intro. Like, just Because it's moments after the first movie. Like, are you kidding me? This guy just yeah. killed out the entire mafia for taking out his dog. And you're going to come in and blow up his house? Like, what is the end game here? Like, you, it's yeah. so dumb. So I'm glad they got away from that nonsense with this villain. Yeah. That was, yeah. And yeah. No, but I'm saying, like, yeah. It, it, even Because even the elder in the first film, not this bootleg one we got in this one but the first film like even that guy's like all aristocratic but he's still a fucking psycho he's like taking fingers and rings and shit yeah. like you're like and that's what i love about how like even with these rules and stuff these guys like walk the line between like rules and complete psychopaths like <laughs> it's it's great it's yeah. like one of the most fun things even in the first film with like uh miss perkins and all that shit right like and the whole thing yeah. about the rules of continental and her being like man fuck this i'm just gonna kill this fucker but um, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I have a question for you, not to comp- change the topic a little bit, but like, of course, Akira they set up for the next thing, and, and, and I'm glad Donnie Yen's character ended, you know, where he did as well to set that up. But um, it's the Mister Nobody character that's the most intriguing because he's the most mysterious, and I kind of yeah. wish we got more of him only to better understand his motivation outside of trying to lift the cash. His background is so interesting because he's, of course, he's got the dog. He's got the classic weapons. He's got the cool armor bag suit, which I like. But he's got yeah. the notebook. Has all this crazy stuff in it. Like he just knows more than he should. So, and he kind of comes out of nowhere. Nobody really knows who he is. Like I, I really want to know. Like that guy needs a movie or a TV show or something because like there's so much more there that connects to maybe the Continental or whatever the ballerina spinoff will be. I don't know, but that that felt so like almost too open for me by the end of it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, let's go that. over that because I did a whole article and video about this shit. So uh-huh. right now what we got is the ballerina, which is going to take place between John Wick three and four, I believe. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. 
Yeah, and so it takes place between three and four, and it's actually the same character that we saw in Parabellum. Now that actress, except she'll be uh, yeah, kind of expanded and turned into Anna de Armas, which that's a glow yeah. up, you know, good for them. Yeah. But um, yeah, so there's a bunch <laughs> of crazy people that are going to be in that one too. But John Wick will be in it. Will Lance Reddick, our boy Lance Reddick, will get one last appearance in that. Uh, and he's in it and Ian McShane will be in it and Angelica Houston will be in it again. So that'll be kind of nice. And there's already like a John wick kind of tease. So at some point, like, you know, she's going to take on John wick. That's going to be dope. I'd love to see how they explain that between three and four. But, uh, maybe there'll be some other surprises that'll connect to like, like you said, things that can open up tracker and all this other stuff. I'd love to see tracker and Halle Berry do a thing with their dogs and get together and have like a, Nice dog-themed adventure. That's, um, that's one of the things, like, I actually, you know, before you move on, one of my favorite moments is, like, the scene where John is almost, like, he could shoot. He had, like, Tracker dead to rights, but ends up, like, saving the dog instead. Because it's, like, I mean, not only is there just sort of, like, an, you know, uh, unspoken love for dogs in this series, but, like, you know, if this is the last time we see John Wick, which, you know, there's a possibility that's the case, or at least it will be for a little while, while they explore these sort of spinoffs and everything. Like, I kind of like the idea of like John wick gets to save the fucking dog in the end, you know, like there's a circular kind of closure to that, especially, you know, he also sort of gives his life for his friend at the end of this movie to like, you know, get his friends sort of out and get basically everybody out of the debt to the high table that he cares about. Like I, I, I sort of liked that symmetry um, in those choices in the last, like, you know, 20 minutes of the movie that he makes. Um, the, the ballerina thing is interesting because, like, uh, what's his face? Uh, Shay, what the hell is his name? We just spoke to him. Uh, Shay Hatton, who wrote Ballerina, also wrote John Wick 4. Mm. So, when he did the spec script for that, it was not a John Wick film at all, it was completely unrelated. It was about this thing in the Swiss Alps, whatever. So, they uh met Chad and were able to tie it in, and they set up that ballerina theater in John Wick 3 to set up that character intentionally a couple years ago. So, I like how they're pre planning that, but. We spoke to the producer, Erica Lee, who says, of course, the spinoffs, we're going to get more Akira, more more Barry King. Um, they really want to do more there. But also this film ends with like the Continental, Continental in New York is going to be rebuilt. Winston's still alive. But then Collider spoke to her again, and she says there's going to be another film announced in the coming weeks, like outside of Ballerina. And they're also hopeful and are thinking about Ballerina 2 and John Wick 5, yeah. um, which yeah. she also told too. So, but of course, trying to figure out something like that. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. So we got the ballerina. There's three things going on right now. <laughs> there's a sequel, there's a prequel, and there's a spinoff. They are doing all three. The spinoff is ballerina. The sequel mm-hmm. is John Wick 5, which is still in the works. As uh, Rob pointed out, provided by Collider, it will still be in the works, which raises a lot of questions, especially with the post credit scene. Like, will it be like focused on John Wick or things around John Wick, which will be, like again interesting to see um will it be revealed that john wick has secretly just pulled a dark knight rises and has just been having coffee with Anne hathaway <laughs> we'll sit in europe we'll find out but um the prequel will be the continental which is going to be a three uh hour to hour and a half i forget how long they are or 90 minutes but it, uh, i think it's 90 minute three 90 minute volume limited series which will focus on young winston in the 1970s and that one's crazy because it's going to have Mel fucking Gibson in it. Yeah. And 
and be like tied into like real New York shit, like the garbage strike and the rise of the mafia and all this stuff. So yeah. doing all three. Yeah. The, I, I like the symmetry too of like where they sort of left wick. I mean, it's like, you know, you sort of get the impression John wick died and like, you know, John or, you know, and John is sort of the one that may have sort of gone on to live or whatever, because you get the, you know, the gravestone is John wick and shit, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm very, I'm very curious and I'm very excited for a possible John wick five as well as, you know, the rest of the, the rest of the stuff. But we are almost out of time. So I'm going to let you guys, uh, you know, plug your pluggables. I am, yeah. uh, I'm at Ben Kendrick. You can follow me on Twitter. You can check out what I'm doing over at static media. We, we run slash film and looper and other entertainment sites. You guys may have heard of Mr. Rob keys. Yeah, I'm Rob underscore Keys, that's K-E-Y-E-S on Twitter, and follow me on Screen Rant. Also, this movie, not only is the best reviews, but it's been a massive box office success, so I'm sure Keanu Reeves is coming back. Yeah, for all those people giving a shit about the Shazam podcast being like as aggressive and negative as it was, like, you know, I'm just going to say good it. movies. That's yeah, it. this movie, this is a good movie, and it made a lot of money at the box office because, you know, people it's actually like wanted weird. to go see it again and stuff. Like, that's quite a quite a thing. Mr. R- or Kofi Outlaw. I'm at Kofi Outlaw on the socials or at Comic Book Nation, where you can find my polished, less dirty version of all of this <laughs> stuff that I say. That's it. Um, well, yeah, that'll do it for this week's episode. Like I said, we you know we're a bit short on time tonight. We got a lot going on. There's we a did want to come on. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason that we'll maybe explain next we week. We pay the internet <laughs> bill. Yeah, we didn't pay our internet bills. That's it. But uh, yeah, we wanted to get on. We wanted to talk John Wick. We will see you guys next week. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know what's happening next week. We'll we'll come up with something. Dungeons and Dragons, baby. Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, that's right. That's right. Dungeons and Dragons. That's right. I'm Dungeons excited. And Dragons. Yeah, Paramount's very. Um, yeah, they, I don't have. Well, yeah, we know. I got to go out again and see that shit too on Thursday. Yeah, I didn't right. miss my screening. Yeah, I got to. But I'm psyched. I'm psyched. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it looks good. Looks fun. All right, guys. All right. <clears throat> Bye.